Hi there, I'm Jim. I'm Gianna. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G, and joining me today is Dr. Jana Albrecht. She's the Associate Vice President for Enrollment Management. Hi, Jana. Hi, Jim. Uh, happy to be here. I'm, I'm so excited to chat with our new faculty and all faculty, and in fact, about recruitment and retention at ISU. This is going to be great, and uh, as you kind of alluded to, we're doing this in time for uh, our new faculty orientation, which CTLT facilitates for the university, but it's really a bunch of people from all across campus coming in to not only welcome new faculty, but to also kind of tell them about life um, uh, as part of the ISU community. And enrollment and recruitment and retention are all such important parts uh, of life at ISU, and it's, it's something that more than just staff members play a part in, right? Absolutely, and I would say the, the one thing, if, if they get anything out of this conversation between the two of us at all, it's that faculty are so important uh, in recruitment and in retention. So, you know, they expect sort of the groups in EMAS that are, are predominantly in those uh, admissions events or the recruitment events. They expect those admission staff and the financial aid staff and the U College staff to tell them great things about the university. But we often, what we often find is that they'll tell us that they met with a faculty member in their department. And that's what really sold them on the institution because they have the same passion, you know, about the same topics and, and whether it's about their research that they're going to do or, or civic engagement, it's oftentimes that faculty presence and that connection that those students make that make them make that final decision to come to the university. So we're also talking about this not only in the context of new faculty orientation getting ready to, to, to start, but obviously this, we're recording this in the summer of 2020. It's late July right now as we're recording this. And we're in, still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So obviously it goes without saying that um, from your perspective and in your job, this is a year unlike any other. It absolutely is. So I, I'm a numbers geek through and through. Uh, undergrad was a math major. So, you know, I love to look at the data and the numbers and even the numbers aren't, aren't playing out exactly how they have. In, in prior years, but that's probably not what our new faculty are wanting to chat about. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. we, we actually learned a lot of really great things about having to move things online and, and move things to a virtual platform. So it'll, it will make us better, I think, eventually um, in the long run to have this other platform to be able to, to recruit and to retain students. But students, um, they're actually loving the one-on-one -on -one Zoom meetings with our admission staff, our financial aid staff. And so I can imagine that uh, faculty had a little taste of that in the spring. But, you know, I think we can still remain uh, connected um, and, as the, and having this team approach to recruitment and retention um, through things like Zoom or, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings with students that they may not ordinarily get in a typical school year. Uh, so, and we had to do... At ISU anyway, we pride ourselves in the fact that we are a very um, team-centered institution, and as far as recruitment and retention goes, we really rely on everybody at the institution to do both of those things. It's, it will be easy for us 
um, when students come to campus to understand our kind of culture and our campus community. It's harder when you're trying to do that through an online platform, right? I mean, the, the videos are great that are on our websites, but we're really going to have to be deliberate in getting that one-on-one -on -one connection with prospective students and with continuing students. But, you know, our, our faculty are, are up for that challenge, and, and I have, you know, all the all the respect for them in the world that they're going to be able to deliver the kind of uh, education that our students have come to to expect and enjoy. I think you also, uh, you know, you, you mentioned a, a good point, which I think translates into a lot of different aspects of campus life, which is that it's never going to be entirely the way it was ever again. I think this uh, Zoom thing or, or, or meeting synchronously online, even once a, a vaccine is in the field and, and we're able to get together face to face a little bit more uh, responsibly, there is still, a, you know, students do like this sort of interaction, and we're kind of seeing that on the teaching side as well. Um, so I think that's an interesting point that you make. So we can't really talk about uh, specific numbers for fall because they haven't actually matured yet. Generally speaking, though, over the, over the last several years, um, enrollment's been fairly stable at ISU, hasn't it? And maybe the population has changed a little bit, and certainly we have goals, but largely it has been a, a pretty stable sort of thing. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm glad you bring that point up because oftentimes you'll see in the media that they have a tendency to focus on uh, declining enrollment in the state of Illinois. And we try and get our, our information out there on a regular basis, but for the last 10 years, we really have remained in between 20,000 and 21,000 students, which is quite you know, an accomplishment, again, speaking to our team approach and the fact that everybody on campus is willing to recruit and retain those students. Um, but we've been very lucky, especially with, you know, the budget declines that we, we went through and some of the issues that um, other institutions in Illinois have had with enrollment. Uh, we've really been able to um, leverage what we bring to a student and the value of their education at ISU. And students have continued to, to select, you know, ISU and to come. And in fact, our fall of 2019 class was our largest in 33 years. So we had over 3,800 incoming freshmen, and in other really good news, um, we do, this will be a you know little quick clip into what we think we're going to report to you on 10th day. Um, but we think our retention rate is probably going to be up three or four percentage points. And with a large class, you may not necessarily expect that that might be the case. But um, you know the institution is working really hard to to recruit and retain students, and, and we always have. But I'm pretty proud of the fact that. You know, we have maintained that steady enrollment, and I really think even though this year will we'll be different because I do think we have students that are going to the community college or um, they might take, you know, a gap semester and, until they're a little more reassured of, of what's going on with the virus. But, uh, you know, I think even this fall term will be over 20,000 students. Well, we won't hit our record-breaking year for incoming freshmen um, or record-breaking year for, for incoming transfers. Uh, I do think... Um, our graduate population, we will probably be level. We might be a little bit up in for those students. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it, given where we are and the situation that, that we've been in. Uh, but we'll see what 10th day brings. Well, and that's certainly welcome news, and, and not just overall for the institution, but also, you know, from a faculty standpoint, um, it's nice to know that we're going to have students to work with, if that makes sense. It's nice to know that that you know, for many years, Dr. Dietz, our president at Illinois State, has used the phrase uh, strong and stable. Mm -hmm. there, is, there is comfort in that stability, isn't there? So now that we've talked about the recruitment aspect of, uh, of students, let's talk a little bit more about retention, in particular, 
what do you hear from students in your interactions with them um, that you think faculty need to know? So what I would say is that we recruit primarily students from Illinois, right? But even across Illinois, you have students from different areas of the state. Um, you have students that come from high schools that are probably, we would consider those high schools maybe a less rigorous curriculum. So you have students from different low socioeconomic you know, statuses. You have all kinds of students in the same classroom. And so I think it's particularly important for us to, for faculty members to try and figure out early on, um, do I need to reach out to students that might be struggling? So maybe they, they didn't get a good grade on the first two exams. Is there something that the faculty member can do to encourage them? Either go to tutoring or, you know, how can I help? Or is there um, a group that gets to, together of students to talk about the class and how to be successful? So I hear from some students that they, they didn't quite understand how to be successful in college right away, right? So they needed those extra um, nudges either from faculty or from you know, the tutoring center, but equally as important is to encourage, I think, those students to uh, get this um, out of classroom experience, you know, so if they're involved in um, a business organization, if they're in, involved in, in Black Student Union, if they're involved in something that is outside of the classroom that is important to them, that helps solidify this um, community experience for them. So while it's a lot faculty, uh, and I would say that if they if they have a faculty person that they've really grown attached to, that that's going to solidify the fact that they're going to retain and that they're going to graduate. Um, but they, they have to have both of those co components uh, to be successful or to enjoy college, you know, in the, in the fullest way that they particularly can. But faculty are, are in both respects important for success in the classroom, but then also for encouraging that outside of classroom experience. And I think that, that, um, sometimes as instructors, we tend to focus on the classroom. I mean, certainly there are a lot of instructors on campus who have worked in service learning or other aspects of community engagement or, or, or whatnot into their teaching. But we tend, to, we tend to think of the students are ours when they're here or when they're doing the homework for us. And mm -hmm. then we kind of forget about them otherwise. But, they, but students, I don't think, mentally divide up their day like that. So we were uh, we were talking before we started recording this today that uh, we both have day jobs on campus, but we also have teaching assignments that we'll pick up on occasion. So this fall, I'm going to be teaching COM 110, the, the basic speech course. So I'm really excited to be working with incoming freshmen again. Um, what are you planning to teach and how are you rethinking it in light of not only the pandemic, but also the information that you get during your day job. I mean, how does recruitment and retention and enrollment efforts affect the way that you teach? Well, I, I love um, teaching the class because, you know, you get this built-in focus group. <laughs> Not that we focus on that, but you do get to hear daily um, or regularly. For me, I only teach one credit hour um, a semester, so it's, you know, just the one, one hour a week, but, you know, I ask them questions, what's important to them, um, what are they, what are they learning, and what are they, what do they want to get out from their college experience, and uh, I talk a lot about um, how the topics that we're talking about in class are going to shape their futures, and whether that future they want to talk about their career, and how um, we're discussing leadership that day, how that particular topic is going to help them be a better and more effective leader 
once they leave the institution as well as while they're they're here and you know we in that particular honors mindset seminar we talk a lot about um you know so-called growth mindset and, and what that means and uh, i love listening to students because they come up with ideas uh, that you haven't even thought of and lots of times we can use those ideas uh, to help them to help them perform better in the classroom to help us perform better uh, and they'll tell me you know what they liked or what they didn't like all throughout the semester and and the lectures and i give them the freedom to do that in the classroom so i'm like did you like this author you know what did you like what did you not like so they teach me a lot in those one hour a week um time slots that they probably don't know but i really really appreciate it and their feedback you know, and they're fun jim they're fun they're no, fun and, they're and fun. you know you just perfectly summarized what one of the enjoyable intangibles is of being a teacher, which is that you get taught by the students as much yeah. as you teach them. It's not a one-way street at all. So one other quick change that's happened this year um, that I wanted to ask you about was this idea of, um, I think the phrase I've heard is test optional, meaning that um, admissions tests or, or how we're using those are changing. Could you go into that a little bit? I sure can. So we decided and actually early on in um the summer we were concerned about students being able to take the the act and the sat and we didn't really want you know we had some reassurance that testing might open back up in july well then you know that doesn't happen and then is testing going to be in the schools and how soon are they going to be able to do that well we opened admission on uh, september 1st so we didn't want students to have to wait until the end of October or until the middle of November. Um, that and the fact that uh, we have heard from our uh, state legislators that they're really wanting institutions to uh, take a look at test optional and what that would mean for their institution. So we did a lot of research um, with other institutions that have gone test optional. You know, we looked at, at what had happened at those institutions and we do like some of the things that that can come from that kind of a policy. So the more we talked about it, we just thought, well, we'll do at least one year of the test optional and we'll assess, you know, what happens. So do we get more applications? Do we get a more, um, a larger pool of underrepresented students that are applying to our institution? Because, you know, those are the, some of the things that we heard other schools saying were, were the benefits. And so we know that uh, in some majors, it's a little bit more difficult to go test blind. So we're not test blind, we're test optional. You know, if students submit the test score, uh, we will use it in the admission process. Uh, but we are still kind of working through what is that going to mean for us, right? So we have seven processors who are likely going to process 16,000 some odd undergraduate applications. So we still have to figure out ways to uh, look at the transcript, look at the high school GPA, um, look at the information that they've put on the essay and really do more of a, a holistic review of, is this student likely to be able to come to campus and to be successful? So we've gone through lots of different conversations with lots of different groups of, of people and we're working on that, but we're excited. You know, we we don't necessarily know um, some of the students that we have uh, not admitted in the past if they could have been successful or not. You know, you don't admit that group of students with lower ACT and SAT scores. You know, we don't really know. So we're excited to maybe be able to admit some students that, that we haven't 
been able to admit in the past. And at the same time, you know, we want to make sure we have resources to back up, you know, those particular students if they, they need that extra help. So we're, we're excited. We think we'll see a lot of great things from the test optional uh, policy. And, um, you know, then we'll have lots of other discussions about whether that's going to be something that we'll do permanently moving into the future. But so just to be clear, as a pilot, this is going to be for students who'd be coming in in the fall of 2021. Is that right? Correct. You know, I should also mention with test optional, we are being very clear uh, with students that 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 submitting a test score can only um, help them. We're really going to try and admit students based on classroom experience, high school GPA, and the courses that they've already taken. So as an entire community, we do a really great job of recruiting and retaining students. And it's because we have that team approach and because we have so many people that are willing to talk about the institution and, and tell students, you know, what they really like and even alums. I mean, we have all kinds of people that help us recruit and we have tons of student students that go out and teach, you know, we're a large education school. So all of our teachers are out there in their communities telling, telling students about that. But, you know, I love the institution. I've been here for, for 20 years. And part of the thing that I love the most is that, that team approach. Jana, thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. This has been great. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Let's Talk Teaching. Find out more about uh, enrollment, retention, and the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology. Go to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. For Dr. Jana Albrecht, for all of my colleagues here at CTLT, until we talk again, happy teaching.